Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. Good morning. Um, it's been a big week. There's been a lot happening, right? Grace graduated from college this week. Um, super excited when I was standing yesterday, Jeremy and I were, wait, I was like this, my arms still hurt from it, uh, directing traffic at graduation yesterday. And um, I was standing and I turned around and I saw Colin's mom walking to graduation. And I almost broke into tears because we've been praying hard for your mama. And to see her get up and walk, God is good, right? All right, so yay for that. But that's not it. Get over here. You guys can come over here by me. That's not all that happened this week, y'all. Um, about 26 years ago, something happened in common to us this week. Um, a guy got down on his knee in front of us and proposed. <laughs> so Thursday night. Tuesday. Tuesday night. <laughs> Tuesday night, we were sitting at home, and the phone rang, and I'm in my pajamas already. I'm like, I had just gotten out of the hot tub. I'm, huh? It was a FaceTime. I'm a hot mess. I'm like, I'm not answering the phone right now. So they call Jeremy's phone, and Jeremy still turns the phone, and I'm like, oh, my word. But she's like this, and I'm like, ah! Like, I was so excited. So um, we are so happy for you guys. Uh, be praying with Colin and Grace. God is so good. And this is such an exciting um, phase of life and step, you know, graduation, jobs, marriage, all of these things. But we are so happy for you guys. Congratulations. All right. As we get ready this morning, I want you to take a minute, stand up, and say hello to someone around you and say hi to Colin and Grace and congratulate them. Go ahead. Go. people that like each other and like to talk to each other. That's a good thing. Well, thank you. Um, last Sunday, I didn't get to be with you all. I was in Estill Springs uh, filling in for them in their morning services and had a good time of worship with them. But in the process of being with them, was anxious to be back here with you all today uh, to share this word that the Lord has kind of laid on my heart. 
Um, but it's, we're talking today a little bit about, um, you, can, you have a choice to sit and listen or see and tell or show and tell. How many of you remember show and tell as a kid? Yeah. How many of you loved show and tell as a kid? I did. I always wanted to take like my dog or something that I could not take to show and tell or something that was just too big and my mom was like, you're not hauling that to school. Um, and I was just so disappointed. But I loved show and tell day. I couldn't wait. I was like, I'd spend the week going, all right, what am I going to take to show and tell this time? Um, and there was one thing I always wanted to take to show and tell and I never got to take it. I would go to the doctor because my mom worked for an eye doctor once a year, and I would anxiously await the best sentence of my life from the doctor. But doggone that optometrist, every time I went and saw him at the end of my appointment, you know what he said to me? Your vision is perfect. Oh. I wanted glasses so bad. I would leave the eye doctor crying because I wanted glasses so bad. So ridiculous. Now I'm like, seriously. But I, now, you know, now it's like cool, right? Now you have these, like, um, not blue vision, blue vision, is that what you call them? Blue light, there you go. Blue light glasses, so like you can wear them for fun. And so I got some recently and I'm like, I have the glasses, I have fun glasses. But I actually do have some reading glasses now because when my eyes get tired, I have to like, wear the good ones to read. I put my other ones on my readers on last Sunday at Estel, and when I did it, I couldn't see anybody, and I was like, whoa, I can't, hang on, we'll lay those down. So I can't see far with my glasses on, but I need them to see up close and to read. So I wanted glasses so bad, and I never got to. But one of the things I remember about show and tell was we would, um, we would go and see what you know, a friend would bring, and what would you do when you saw something that a friend brought that was so cool, what did you do? Anybody remember? Um, if maybe, you're, maybe I'm the only one, but I went home like, I gotta have one of those. <laughs> show and tell was, my, I love show and tell day. My mom hated it because she knew I was coming home going, I gotta get what so-and-so has, right? But the, that show and tell kind of has a message for us today because we, we saw something, we have something, we wanna show it to others, they see it, they go home and they wanna tell others, I need what so-and-so has, Right? All right, so this morning, um, we're gonna, I wanna talk to you a little bit about my chair. Now, this is Reagan's chair. I couldn't bring mine because it doesn't fit in my car. Um, and so I brought Reagan's chair, but I have a chair that sits in the corner of my bedroom. I love my chair. We got it recently. I'd been looking for a chair for a long time. And my chair has an ottoman, so you can prop your feet up in it. It's got a nice pillow on the back of it. Um, I remember the first day I had my chair, I sat down in my chair, and I told Jeremy, I'm going to go read in our room. I think I read for about five minutes, and I was like conked out on that chair, like, yep, it works. It's great. So I took the best nap in that chair. But that chair is not just for, it's not just for uh, napping, as much as I nap there a lot. Um, it is a chair that right now, currently, it's cluttered with jewelry because I'm cleaning out my jewelry boxes. But we'll share about that in just a little bit. So I have this chair. In that chair, I spend a lot of time with Jesus. I spend time praying over my kids. I spend time reading the word. I spend time thinking about sermons and, and messages for y'all. We've spent time sitting in the room talking. Um, I've done studying in that chair. Th important things happen in that chair for me. Now, if all I do is sit in that chair and I never get up out of that chair, I'm not gonna do very much, right? I mean, 
I'm going to be comfortable, but I'm going to get real lazy, probably. Um, so I have to force myself to get up out of my chair. This is actually my blanket, and it's amazing. But So I'll you know, cover up with the blanket, but I have to get up from it. Sometimes it's hard to get up from that because it's just so comfortable to sit in my chair. Uh, we are going to double dip in a passage this morning. It's a passage that we actually looked at on Easter Sunday in uh, John uh, and it's chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. And we're going to look at what happens when someone didn't stay where they were at, but they did something with what they heard. Uh, this is, we're going to read along with me here. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she looked in, or she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they've put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you put him and I'll go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabbi, which means Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the father. But go find my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. This is the word of God, and we all say together, thank you, Jesus. So here's Mary. She's heard this news, right? She, she loves Jesus. If you don't know this, Mary loved Jesus. And Mary loved Jesus because Mary had had encounters with Jesus that had drastically changed her life. Jesus had laid hands on Mary and freed her of, of oppression and things in her life that she had struggled with for a long time. And so her life had been transformed by the Savior who she was just convinced was gone. And now she's like, where is his body? So Mary has, she has this connection to Jesus. And she, she's encountered him. And, you know, I think it's interesting in the passage, Jesus says to her, why are you crying? As if to say, I'm right here. How many times does Jesus, I, I, I think I need that reminder in my own life sometimes of I'm crying and I'm, I feel like my situation is impossible and I can't see Jesus in the midst of it. And he's like, why are you crying? I'm right here. That's a good reminder for us. I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know what's going on in your heart, in your home, in your family. But God is saying, I'm right here. I am right beside you. So cool. So Mary, um, she, she sat at the foot of Jesus. When, when she encountered Jesus and he healed her, Mary's whole life changed. She changed the trajectory of her life. And she, she set things aside to follow him and to spend time at the foot of Jesus. And what a great place to spend. What a great place to dwell. She sat at his feet, but she didn't stay there. She didn't stay there. She took what she heard and she told others about it. She, she shared these things. And, and you know, women, the, these women, they encountered um, Jesus, right? And I, I've, as I've been prepping for this, I've been thinking about it. You have the disciples. Jesus tells her, go to the disciples and tell them what's happened. Tell them where to meet me. So I'm, I'm like picturing this in my mind. You have the group of disciples gathered in this room, right? Jesus has died. 
he has been put in the tomb, and they are probably in their minds going, what just happened? And trying to replay everything he's taught them in their three years of traveling with him, going, okay, he said this, he told us this, we got to do this, we got to think through. So they're probably playing through this. And then, um, I don't know if you all recognize this, but sometimes, um, I, well, first of all, I think it's really cool that it's Mother's Day, and, and this is the message for today. Um, that I love that God chose a woman to go tell the disciples. Now, don't careful. I'm not like getting all pro women here. I'm just I'm sharing something. I, I love that He told a woman to go tell the disciples that He was alive. Here's why: women kind of get excited about things. Shocker? Anyone? No. Okay, so here is this group of men sitting in the room, and in come this, this group of women who have had another encounter with Jesus, and they're like, we've seen him. Okay, can you imagine that room in that moment? What? Like, I can hear probably all the 12 men going, what did you just say? Like, repeat that. They can't hear you over your, like, clamoring and your screaming, and they're probably, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe it. We have seen Jesus. He is alive. And so there's, in that moment, there's probably um, utter chaos because these women are so excited, right? But total calm and peace because they realize, wait, he told us he'd be back. It's happened. He's alive. I still get goosebumps thinking about it. Can you imagine sitting in that room that day? We know the story in hindsight, but can you imagine sitting in that room that day knowing that Jesus actually rose from the dead? Man, if I could have been there. Oh, I'm so cool. Okay, so, so they go back and, and they tell him, we've seen him. And they've, they've had this, this chaos and this calm. And there's another story of, of, uh, of an encounter with Jesus where a woman encounters him and then takes what happens to her um, and it happens at a well we know this story well jesus sits down with the woman at the well and he calls out her sin right there is nothing hidden from jesus in that encounter at the well and he tells her he's like no 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 i know i know your story but i've got something better for you than the story you find yourself in I've got living water for you that will, you'll never thirst again if you'll drink of the water I've got. And so Mary has a choice, or, or the woman at the well has a choice, right? She can take what he has said to her, and she can go back to her life as is. But that is not what she does. What does she do? She goes back and starts telling everybody, I have seen the Lord. I've had an encounter with him. And she can say, oh, he called me out. I was thinking on the way to church this morning about God's loving kindness and about how, you know, that we think of that as, a, as this happy, joy, joy thing. And it is. God's loving kindness is so good. But you know what? God's loving kindness sometimes means correction for us. And so God calls out Mary's junk or the woman's junk. Well, he calls out Mary's too, like he frees her of it. But he calls out the woman at the well's junk. And then he says, now go away from this. I've got better for you. So sometimes God might call out junk in our life, but that is God's loving kindness at work. He loves us too much to let us sit in our garbage. He loves us too much to let us sit in the mud. He wants to wash the mud off of us and have us go. Okay, so, 
So we take that message and, and the woman, she takes it and she goes back and, and she shares it. But what do we do with this today? Um, some of my heroes of the faith have been very passionate people. I remember growing up, man, I grew up in a church that had some hellfire and brimstone preachers and they were hooting and hollering in the midst of their sermon, but they were passionate. And I, I love, I admired some of my, my favorite preachers. Ernie Mullen was a preacher who I grew up under the leadership of. And I just remember his passionate preaching. But I remember what a kind man he was off the, off the platform. When he would step down, he was humble and he loved people. And I just, I remember that about him. And so they're passionate. But you know why I think that they're passionate? And why he could step down off that pulpit and be humble? It's because he regularly spent time right here meeting with Jesus. If all we do is stand up, we have nothing to draw from. We've got to stop and sit down and open our word and look at it and spend time in prayer and talk to, the, talk to Christ about what's going on in our life. Because if we don't do that, then we're wishy-washy. And we're going to fall over when the first storm hits us. But when we spend our time here, we're anchored so that we can stand up here and say, I've seen him, and you can see him too. I've seen him. So we've got to spend time in our chair. In verse 18, what does Mary say? She says, I have seen the Lord. She was just one woman, right? But what that one woman went and said to the disciples was world-changing. Why? Because we're still telling that news today. One woman took the word of an encounter with Jesus and shared it, and that news is still being shared over 2,000 years later. If that is the, wow, mm, if that is the case, sometimes you might think you're too small. But you know what Mary said? Christ is alive. Christ is risen from the dead, and Christ has changed my life. And if that is the news that Mary could take one woman and share that with others, What's God going to do through one person, you? If every one of us is talking to others about our encounters with Christ, wow, what's going to happen? It's a ripple effect. Like the waves, when you throw a rock and you skip it. When you skip a real good one, you get it to skip a lot of times, right? That's what happens when one person shares what's happening. When one person spends time in a chair and gets up and tells others, it's a ripple effect for the kingdom. The message of Easter is not just for Easter. It is the catalyst for all that's to come. Um, the message of resurrection was not just for Mary and the disciples. It is for you and I today. Um, it is a message that we too are being sent. So I don't know what your chair is. Your chair might be this chair right here. If, it's, if this isn't your home church and you have another home church, maybe it's a pew. But this is a chair where you learn, right? It's a chair where you, you meet with Jesus on, on Sunday mornings or Wednesdays or Sunday nights or wherever it is. But we, we spend time here. We worship the Lord here. We hear the word here. We are challenged here. We are frustrated here. But we have a choice. We can take what we learn here and go on our merry way the rest of the week. Or... We can take what we learned here into our lives and say, I have seen him. He has changed my life, and he can change yours too. Amen. Right. 
So if, if all we ever do, though, is sit in these chairs on Sunday mornings, we're not, we're not actually being the church. we got to do something with it. And then you might have a chair at home, right? It's a great place to learn. Just like these chairs, it's a great place to learn. It, you might have your special chair. You might have your spot. I remember my grandmother had her spot with a little table next to it, and her Bible sat on that table. And I would see her in the mornings reading her Bible and spending time in prayer. Sometimes I think she was napping more than she was, was praying, I think. But, and sometimes, I, I'm going to be honest, at the, like when she got older, I was like, okay, she's still breathing. Because like, I, I wasn't sure. Like She'd sit there sometimes, and she was so still. But sometimes I really think she was just having a moment with Jesus. And I loved that. I, I admired that in her. And so it, it might be your chair at home. It might be in your car, right? Listening to sermons, listening to music. It might be a great time to pray. I have spent hours over the last, uh, let's see, I have a 21-year-old, let's say 17 years in cars waiting for children, in carpool lines, and waiting for sports practices to end. How many of you can agree? You've spent, you've had, you've spent your time in the car waiting for kids or hauling them from one place to another, right? So I've spent hours there. That has become one of my favorite places to spend time with Jesus. When I was studying, it, I actually became, it became my classroom. I was listening to messages. I was, I was reading textbooks. But it's become a time over the years where I've prayed. I've prayed over my kids that I'm waiting to come out of school that day. I've prayed over their friends. I've prayed over the churches that we've been a part of. I've prayed over family members. I've spent a lot of time in my car, and it's, that time has shaped me. So maybe it's your car. Maybe it's at a conference where you've been fed. How many of you have ever gone to a conference, and you've left that conference, and you felt like it was information overload, right? Anybody? Am I the only one? Okay, there's, I'm not the only one. I remember going to some conferences and leaving going, Holy cow, it was like someone opened up the, the fire hose and just ingested me with information, right? And I, I, have, I have a choice. I can just take that little notebook that I probably got at that conference and take it home and put it away in a, on a shelf, or I can pick even just one thing out of that and do something with it. And that becomes a catalyst and a ripple for the kingdom, so if all you do is, is, is spend time, a little bit of time every day in prayer, God's going to use that. If you'll open your word, I'm going to say a couple times a week for some of us, because that might be a challenge. Get into your word. Guess what? God's going to use that and have ripple effects for the kingdom. There's nothing he wants more. You know, I said earlier, my chair's covered right now with jewelry. I've got to get it cleaned off. Because what happens? Everything takes place in front of what needs to take place, and that is me spending time in the Word. We can easily fill our schedule and our day until the Lord has had none of our time. And if he has none of our time, then we become weak. And he wants us to be strong. Uh, my son is on a weightlifting kick right now, my oldest son. He loves weightlifting. He's like talking all this gear and stuff. I have no idea what he's talking about. But he's talking about how much weight he's going to gain. My goodness. Okay, so, but here's the thing. He's, it's a discipline. And he knows that in order to do it, he has to do it every day. And in order to do it, he has to be careful of what he's putting into his body for it to be healthy, to be strong, and to build muscle the way he wants to. Our walk with Christ is the same way. We've got to build it. We've got to spend time in it. We've got to invest in it. 
we've got to open the word. It's no good if all it does is grow dust. We have to be strong. And in order to do that, there's steps that we take. So we have these steps that we take. And let's look at this a little bit, um, a little further. Real life has been a place of get up and go. Five years ago, I don't know if you know this, if you've not been around here that long, five years ago, real life planted a church called Blackman Community Church. Blackman is ministering to the Blackman community. They just had an Easter egg event, and they got to share the gospel with over 200 people at Easter. All because some people from real life got up and went, and ripple effects for the kingdom began to happen. Um, I am pretty sure that this, this dream began actually almost over two decades ago. The cool thing was, last Sunday when I preached, I got to preach to the very person who was at the helm of leadership when this dream came about to plant this church called Real Life Community Church of the Nazarene. We were planted out of Estill Springs about 18 years ago. So this dream came alive in the hearts of the McCormicks and the leadership at Estill. And because some people decided to get up and go, ripple effects for the kingdom. And then look at it a little further. Now we have Craig, who is one of our district licensed pastors here, who's a part of leadership with Narcotics Anonymous. And people come in here, right, Craig? They find hope and healing every week, don't they? They find direction for their life because of a building that says, our doors are open, come meet here. Ripple effects for the kingdom. Kids have gone to camp and encountered Jesus. Um, Countless people have come and gone and find themselves on mission fields around the world because they've sat at real life and then gone on. Ripple effects for the kingdom. Um, We have Taylor right now who is our She's locally licensed, and as of last Sunday, she's our NYI president here at Real Life for the next year. Taylor is finding her footing in what it means to follow her call on her life. And and we've had a whole group of college students who are a part of worship, and Colin, who helps lead worship here, all because a church was faithful and planted a church in a different community and said, let's dream this thing up. And it's become home and family when their family wasn't here. Ripple effects for the kingdom because someone spent time in the chair conditioning themselves to get up and go. Seems funny to say you gotta sit to get strong. But sometimes we do, we have to stop and sit because we can easily be too busy to stop and spend time with Christ. So your age does not matter here. Some of my most exemplary um, people in the faith have been, over the years, I can think of at our first church, uh, there was a man named Ken. And Ken was a lot older than our teens. I won't even tell you his age. He was a lot older. He was one of our senior adults at the church. And we, I remember having a conversation with Ken and Darlene about, hey, would you guys consider working with us with youth ministry? And they were like, what? Like, you're crazy. no. We really think that you would be a great fit with our teens. We just feel like you'd have some connection to the kids. All right, well, we'll come. So they started coming to youth group, and they went on a mission trip with us to Mexico. And guess what? Ken, that much older gentleman than any of our teen boys, 
had a better connection with some of our teen boys than any of the men closer to their age. Ken loved cars. Ken loved mechanics. Ken loved things that others didn't, and so Ken could relate to them in a different way. So your age doesn't matter. Too young, too old, nope. Jesus will use you. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. We're not exempt from it. Um, we have to get up and exercise our go muscles, though, right? Because if we don't exercise our muscles, Mark, what will happen? Use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. That's pretty good, right? Um, we, they will atrophy. If you don't use your muscles, they're going to atrophy, and they're going to be totally useless, and then you are in trouble, right? Some of you who have had surgeries can attest to that, right? When you don't use muscles, it takes time to rebuild strength. It's taken me, I'm two years out of breaking my foot, and I still have moments where I can feel the weakness in it. It doesn't, it takes time, but when we get up and go, and when we exercise those muscles, they get in shape. And so it's the same with us, with what we're learning and what we're hearing and how we're being shaped. When we get up and use them, we get in shape, and it becomes easier to use them. And the more we use them, the better they are. And so the more we're telling people, I have seen Jesus. I have met with him, and you should too. He loves you. He cares about you. Be, I'm going to say this too. Be nice, okay? Sometimes, sometimes, bless people's hearts, okay? They think that, all right, I have had an encounter here. Now, I'm going to tell you what's happened. You better get with it. No, 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 okay? Come on. Love people. Love them. Sometimes you don't actually have to say a word. Your actions will speak. Your care of people will speak. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they've done. And it doesn't matter the lifestyle that they live. They need Jesus. And he loves them. Because guess what? They're created in his image. And we're all equal. We don't get to pick and choose whose sin is worse than another. Because if we're doing that, then Jesus is going, well, your sin's sin too. And so if Jesus loved me, then doggone it, I can love others. If Jesus thought I was worth it, then I better look at others and see they're worth it too. So friends, my encouragement for you is this today. I don't care what it is. It might be small. God might be calling you to something really big. And it might be just something small like just go be nice to your neighbor and, and say hello, right? Um, it might be something that's bigger than you. And you're like, oh, but God, are you sure you're calling me to that? Yep. But you know what? You can do it. Because the more you exercise it, the easier it gets. Um, it might be someone who needs hope who needs healing, who just needs prayer. Simple words. We talked about this this morning with the worship team before service. Encouraging words can go a long way to make someone's day. Encouraging words can change the trajectory of someone's life. Jesus sat at the well with a woman and said, I've got something better. Whose well have you sat at? And told him, man, I, I know this guy. He's got something better. Stand with me this morning.
Bow your heads. Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning. And I don't know what you're calling each one of these individuals in this room to, but God, if, if each one of us would have this encounter with you and we would spend time with you in your word and in prayer and building our relationship with you, and then if we would take that and, and use that outside of this room, God, you would begin to, you would continue to use real life to have ripple effects for the kingdom of God in Murfreesboro and surrounding communities. And God, I pray that that would be the case here. Move among us, but move us out of this room into our communities to continue to share what's happening in our lives. Help us not to be mute in our faith. Help us to speak up to those that we live life with. Put people in our way and that we, we know without a shadow of a doubt that you have put them there and we have an opportunity. And God, I just pray that you would give us those divine appointments, but God, may we hold those appointments and not walk away from them. Use us. Speak through us. Help us to get ourselves in shape in our walk with you so that we can tell others about what you're doing in us. God, you are good, and we praise you for this. I praise you that you used that group of women long ago to go and tell the disciples, and it's a message that we're still sharing today. God, you've used mamas in this room to impact families, and I praise you for them, and I thank you for them. And moms who've gone on before us, and moms who maybe never gave birth to a child, but God, they served as a mom in our lives. I praise you for them too. You are good. And we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have three questions for you. I just said, I said three. Did you see that? Um, three questions. I did it again. Um, who is God sending you to? What is God sending you to? And where is God sending you? Friends, this week, it is my prayer that you would not be able to stay seated, that you would find yourselves up and going and using those go muscles for the kingdom to continue those ripple effects. And as you do, as you bless the lives of others, I pray that you would be blessed in return. Have a great week. We'll see you for our graduate Sunday next week. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org. Thanks again for listening.